It's the backlash to WrestleMania Backlash. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, alongside J.O., my co-host. And today, we'll be going over WrestleMania Backlash, which at the time of this recording happened last night. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but... J.O., just some quick initial thoughts on the show before we get into uh, talking about our next week's episode. I would, I'm going to say I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I thought it was an overall really, really good pay-per-view. All right. We'll get more into the nitty-gritty details as we go along on this WrestleMania backlash reaction. But uh, next week on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, we will be going over to TNA. Not too often on this show do we do a TNA Impact Wrestling, TNA slash Impact Wrestling review. Uh, I think I've done one maybe so far on here, or two. I think two. I think I've done two Impact Wrestling reviews on this show. One was a Slammiversary, and another one was a Bound for Glory. It was Bound for Glory 2020. Uh, during the pandemic. So this will be the first time going into that realm of TNA slash Impact Wrestling in uh, quite a while. And the show we'll be talking about for this episode will be none other than TNA Sacrifice 2010, which happened on May 16th, 2010. So when we record next week, it'll be the 12th anniversary since that show which is crazy to think about because I watched this era of TNA and uh, J.O., I don't think you're too familiar with TNA. I don't think you've watched a lot of it. Have you? Not a whole lot of it. I, I recall times I'm scrolling through TV and like, if that tells you how old ago it was, it was when it was still on spike, I believe spike Mm -hmm. TV. Yeah. Scrolling through uh, would see it on, would try to watch a couple of matches. A few people I recognize, of course, ex-WWE guys, but other than that, that's... I remember Suicide. I remember Suicide. But, <laughs> Which was but a, off a video that, game. Yep. <laughs> yep, they made a character, in, a video game character in real life. But other than that, yeah, not a whole not a whole lot of experience watching uh, Total Nonstop Action. Well, you're in for an interesting show because this is during the early portions of the Bischoff-Hogan era which some people I think say killed TNA because they decided to go to Monday night, which was not the best idea going head to head with Monday night raw. But uh, Mm -hmm. this show's got some decent looking stuff on it. I've I've watched this show before, but it's been a long, long time. But uh, some of the matches on there, Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, Beer Money Inc. And uh, Team 3D, uh, Beer Money Inc., James James Storm and Bobby Roode. And Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon. Those TNA was known for having a pretty darn good tag division at that point. Some really good teams. That's one thing as well. Doug Williams and Kazarian should be a good match. And also on there, Jeff Hardy versus Mr. Anderson in the main event, Rob Van Dam defending his TNA world heavyweight championship against AJ Styles, who is still going strong today. And we'll talk about him for this WrestleMania backlash reaction as well. Hey, on paper, that's a solid card. It is. It is. There's And there's nine matches on that card, but uh, I think it's time. I think it's time we get into WrestleMania Backlash. 
get the backlash from WrestleMania backlash. And it was a six-match card last night from the Dunkin' Donuts, I think, arena, as they call it, in Providence, Rhode Island. Dunkin' Donuts Center is the correct term. Six matches on the card. And uh, for opening match, so I got – I started this show about 10 minutes of the way through. I was finishing up dinner and stuff, and I will come out, and the match hasn't even started yet. Cody Rhodes is just finishing up his entrance. I was like, gee, many Christmas. This took for the video package and this match. Getting to this match, the entrances took quite a while. Yeah, I was with you on the same boat. I was late uh, setting up my monitor to watch it. And by the time I was able to get it going, yeah, I was in the middle of the video the video package. I think it was, yeah, the Cody Rhodes, like, talking or something during the video package. And I thought, it's like 8.15. Like, I thought it would have started by now. Yeah, and uh, we have... A WrestleMania rematch, which is quite a few WrestleMania rematches on this show. But dare I say, dare I say, this one surpassed wrestle their WrestleMania match. I, I think so too. I, I I'd agree with that. Because I liked the story they told at the beginning was Rollins having Cody's number. He was ready for him this time. He had he was had an answer for every single solitary move Cody would make. And uh, yeah, I just I love this match. I like this match even more than the the uh, WrestleMania match, and I thought it was a great back and forth. And uh, that the Cody won with the roll up with the tights after Seth uh, after he countered Seth, who did the same thing. But uh, like the closing stretch was hella good, and, uh, and Cody and Seth uh, they have fantastic chemistry. Fantastic, but. Because I even WrestleMania, when I saw it was going to be Cody Rhodes going up against Seth Rollins, I was already excited because I knew Seth could go and I knew Cody could go. So see, knowing that going into WrestleMania got me excited and I was still pretty excited for part two. I wasn't even expecting them to surpass WrestleMania. I was just ex- uh, expecting them to have a decent match and they definitely over-delivered to me. And, and Cody went over again. There was no 50-50 and everyone knows the whole, you know, there's some shenanigans. You know, we had him by the tight, so that way you could still kind of protect Seth. But I, I agree. I like how they're making Cody look the better of Seth right now. And uh, I think tonight, uh, the tonight they announced that he was taking on, Cody was taking on Austin Theory for the U.S. title. So I expect shenanigans to happen there because they left the door open with the tights finish at the end of this match. And it looks like their feud will continue inside. I think it's coming. I think it's going to culminate with Hell in a Cell. I think they're going to go inside Hell in a Cell. I mean, I don't see where else they'd go. But yeah, I would agree. I think that'd be a good a good place to finish it. And the Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, he said something like this, that Rollins is going to become desperate because Cody doesn't want to. Cody already said he didn't want another match with Rollins. So Seth's going to get possibly desperate and do anything possible to get his match with Cody. And then I think it's going to culminate with Hell in a Cell. I, th- this is, if you remember this storyline, J.O., the Batista-Triple H storyline. So when Batista won the title, he beat him at WrestleMania. He beat him at Backlash. And then Batista didn't want to fight him anymore, but Triple H forced his hand and made him – accept the match and it's going to be hell in a cell 
And then Batista also went over in that match. I think they're going to go the same route with that. What do you think? It would make sense. Because if they want Cody to come out of this on top, looking strong, maybe put him in a position to be a potential contender for the unified belts, it, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great scenario because I think that Cody should go 3-0 against Seth. It puts him over strong immediately. Seth can afford a few losses here and there. He's not really – he's pretty his, – his standing in the company is pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah, he, he, doesn't, need, he doesn't need to win this feud. And he, he can use – he can uh, take a loss here or there. It's not like it's going to end the end of the world for him. So, But uh, our next match – was Omos versus Bobby Lashley. So Omos now has the uh, managerial services of uh, MVP. And uh, I still thought this was a pretty good match. I thought this was not like anything blow away good. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh, So Omos is dominating early. At one point, then Bobby does lock in the hurt lock. MVP was the X factor in this match. Eventually he played big part in the finish um, hitting uh, Cody with the, not Cody, but Bobby Lashley with his, I think it was his uh, cane walking cane. He walked as as off a ref uh, distraction. And then Omos hit the Kali bomb pretty much double choke slam for the win and I think this is good for Omos as well because it's building up a new, a younger talent. And Lashley, he can afford a loss too. It this match definitely went longer than I thought it was going to be because you know, uh, Omos still very green in my opinion. So I wasn't expecting a anything longer than like twenty minutes. I didn't get the exact time, but I could just just watching it, you got something. I was like, wow, this is going a lot longer than I thought. But I. It went I almost nine minutes, actually. Nine minutes? Yeah, it went about nine minutes. But I do like that Omos uh, came out on top. Like you said, they're building someone up. And the addition of MVP is going to be smart because uh, I've seen in some of the promos Omos has cut and he's not the best. So having MVP as his mouthpiece, I think, will do wonders for his push. And uh, you got to say this about Omos. That dude can move, man. That dude, that dude can move for being what seven foot four or whatever he is. I think they build him as seven four, like four hundred plus pounds. But I mean, you know, WWE always fudges their figures. But yeah, but he's, he's incredibly tall. Tall, yeah. I remember when I first saw him standing next to AJ Styles, and I was like, oh my god. But yeah, he he's agile, very very agile. They let him use the snake eye spot too, if you notice in that match. They did. They you, did, and he, he wasn't just a typical big man match. There was some, I'm not going to say a whole lot, but there was some finesse, some technique into Omos's uh, moveset that night. I, I, and I like the way they shoot him because they were shooting him from, like, down below. If you notice some of the camera shots, they were shooting him from down below. Even during the match, they were shooting from, from below just to get the sheer size of him on the screen. Right. I mean, it, do you, did they really even have to do that, though? Because the dude is massive. I don't know. Just they gave it more of a – it made him look even bigger than what he was. And uh, I want to add this point, too. The three matches – so the first three matches were all Raw matches. 
if you noticed. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were all the raw matches. The three first three were raw matches, which we're about to talk about AJ Styles and Edge next. But I noticed that on the broadcast because normally they they'd flip-flop more often, but they just went they just went straight three and three on this show, which I, I didn't mind actually. I think do you think the matches that were in the show played a part of that? You know, because you know you don't want to put all of because you got to balance out the show, otherwise you get burnout by the time uh, the main event comes around. But I think with this specific pay per view, all of the matches were pretty solid together anyway, and plus there were only six matches on the card. So I'm thinking, I don't think it really could have mattered if they switched it. What do you think? I think well, okay. So the way they did each half of the the uh, card, so we had Cody, R- Rollins, Cody Rhodes, and Seth Rollins to start. Seth freaking Rollins, as they had to call him every single time they said his name, which would bug the ever loving crap out of me. Seth freaking Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins. I'm like, I, I could not do that every single time. But they had the hot opener in Cody with Cody and Seth. Then they had the cool off match with Bobby and uh omos it was sort of a cool off match in between yeah and then they brought it back up with the aj styles and edge match upcoming with damian priest banned from ringside and i know y'all told me not y'all not y'all but you jo you told me that you love the match from wrestlemania i absolutely despised the match from wrestlemania i did not like it at all but i watched this one and I liked it better than the WrestleMania match straight from the jump. Straight from the jump. And that was because of pacing. So they went right at it. And it was kind of funny when I was thinking about the pacing because the angle that they played for this match was that AJ Styles was hurt. So you'd think, like, okay, if AJ's hurt, the match is going to be slower. He's not going to be able to go as quick. But no, he kept up just fine. Maybe even going a little faster than Edge. And he was raged. He was enraged, though. That was because he was talking yeah. about Edge was talking about his family. But uh, I love the paces. AJ, my lord, this dude is ageless. This guy's what, 44, 45 years old? He's about to be 45. This dude hit a springboard acai moonsault to the outside, and it was picture perfect. Say the man time forgot, I guess. Unbelievable. If he's not up there with some of the greats of all time, I don't know what to say because my Lord, he can still do that stuff at 45. It's unfreaking believable. 44. or I can't remember exactly. He's probably 44 right now, but still um, edge at one point did attack AJ's shoulder. Uh, Finn and priest brawled at ringside, but then at the finish of the match, some hooded figure, hung AJ up on the top rope, uh, giving Edge the opening to lock up the crossface and then a choke with the crossface, and AJ passes out, and Edge eventually wins. And then it's revealed right after the match that Rhea Ripley is going to be part of the group Judgment Day with Edge and Damian Priest, which was the most obvious development ever, but still, it was executed pretty well. See, I thought uh, the rumors I was reading was that it was going to be Alexa Bliss that was going to join. Hmm. But they've they they teased some stuff with Rhea with the purple lighting in the background of some of her like promos and stuff. 
backstage and all that. So they did some of that too. So uh, refresh my memory though. So she's no longer in that tag team anymore. Nope. She, she, uh, she turned on Liv Morgan. Ah, right. She's had a lot of heel and face turns in the last couple of years. Yeah. Speaking of which, I also saw the recent news, Rhea Ripley and what Buddy Murphy an item now. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's a that's a power couple. Yeah. (laughs) It's a freaking power couple right there. But I like that Rhea's getting involved with Edge's group because I think this will actually really help her because she just keeps getting lost in like tag teams and she hasn't really found her footing. I would agree. I mean, besides the tag team, I mean, if we know how WWE handles their tag divisions most of the time. So even though she was in the tag team and held the belts for a few times, that wasn't doing anything for her. I don't know if she ever even held the belts. No, I don't. I honestly don't remember, but I know she's held the raw women's championship while she's been on the main roster, but that's about it. Yeah. I don't know, but. I, this is going to be good for her, and this is going to be good for Dave, Damian Priest as well. One thing I didn't like about the finish of the match was Priest just showing up ringside, even though he was technically not ringside. He was on the ramp, Sig Daddy. He that's, was that's freaking rules. You can tell me that's <laughs> you can tell me that's not ringside. That's just absolutely ridiculous. That's stupid technicality. That's just dumb technicality. I said, we'll look in the WWE bylaws, what is defined as ringside, and then we can see if he broke those. Also, why didn't he just show up earlier then? That's my question. The logic of, with that kind of, with that logic, why didn't he show up earlier? Maybe he was busy reading the bylaws just to make sure. He had to double check. Uh, Edge's theme song, though, is a banger, actually. I didn't like it at first, but it caught on, man. It hasn't caught on for me yet. But like, I get it. He's creating a new stable, and it he needs a theme song and entrance music that fits the theme of his stable, like the darkness. But I don't know, man. His theme song is iconic. Like, yeah, I've, but you got to think about it in this aspect. The audience is conditioned to pop when Metallingus plays. Okay. Like, it's like Pavlov's, I think it's theory. I, I don't remember, but... They, they react a certain way to certain things. And so fans are conditioned to pop when that Metallicus plays, no matter what, even if he's a face or a heel. So that shift in character, so it gives the fans a chance to boo edge, actually, because of the change. Okay, that makes, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense when you say it like that. But it, it'll take some time for me to to like it mm-hmm. uh, i'll probably be checking out this feud a lot more if so does it do you think this is the end for edge edge aj i no? don't i don't know we'll have to see i'll have to see the highlights of raw i'm not going to watch raw for three hours that's just i'll just check the uh the uh review of raw but uh oh you got you got to see finn balor at least for two seconds i was gonna say i knew I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not hundred percent, you know, always betting on what's gonna happen at a wrestling match. But I knew Finn Balor was gonna get involved because I knew Judas Judas Priest. <laughs> 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 
that would have been a plot twist if the members of Judas Priest showed up. But now, if uh... <laughs> yeah, it's Judas Priest versus the Judge versus Judgment Day. I knew Damian Priest was still going to get involved despite the uh, ban, so I was hoping to see Finn Balor. So I'm going to see a little bit of more. Like I don't know, maybe pull a coup de gras or something on Priest. But uh, I'll, if the feud continues, I'll definitely be tuning in more, mostly just because what we have Finn Balor and AJ. I'm pretty sure they threw up the two sweets last week, Edge and not, not Edge, but Finn Balor and AJ. I saw on Twitter, and I double-checked it myself, that they did the two-suite at the end of the show. However, on WWE's YouTube page, they edited that part out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Someone said it just ends. Like, it cuts to them looking at each other, and then the video just ends. Why? Why why do you ruin everything fun? Why can't we have fun? WWE's bylaws, you can't have fun. Right next to the definition of ringside. Yes. We can't have fun. Can't have nice things. We can't do <laughs> we can't do the too sweet because God knows what some Vince bylaw that he makes up every week different one he makes up every freaking week. It didn't it didn't happen WWE. I don't want it. I don't I mean, want it. Wait, I mean, what the heck? The click did the too sweet. That's they originally did the they originally did the kind of too sweet along with the NWO though I think it was more so the NWO yeah NWO were the they the were the fake. I think they were the really the ones that did it first yeah I say the click was more of the backstage but yeah the NWO yeah definitely did so oh I guess that's a they didn't come to to WWE until later so okay yeah. I guess I could see why but as the Bullet Club and eventually that it's just it's just because it's 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 related to the Bullet Club probably that's why. Oh yeah, I, I don't doubt that 100%. But yeah, moving on. We had the uh Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey I quit match. It starts the SmackDown portion of this show for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I've got to say they went stiff to start. They were beating the ever-loving crap out of one another. It was I don't want to say hard to watch, but definitely watching a few of the spots that they tried to do was like, ow, ouch. And even though I saw literally about 10 seconds of the WrestleMania match, I made my decree on the match as soon as I saw the finish of it. This is better than that by miles, by 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 a lot. Way more entertaining and way more brutal, for sure. And there was one point where Charlotte practically dropped Ronda on her head for a German. And even before I saw your tweet about the match, when they did the Sasha Banks spot, I thought I thought that to myself, like, hey, that's like the the spot Sasha did to Charlotte. And then I checked Twitter and you said the exact same thing. Oh, we were we were on the same wavelength. We have telepathy. I saw, I remember, well, people were saying, oh, Ron, WWE was playing up this thing of, oh, Ron, uh, Charlotte's never tapped out. I'm like, she has tapped out the Sasha Banks like 800 times. Yeah, I remember that. The, the 2016 feud. We watched yeah, that. They, I say they hot potato the belt like, yeah, like eight times. <laughs> and, and Charlotte tapped a lot in, during that feud. <laughs> Including the guardrail spot, not the guardrail, but the uh, the stair railing spot. Yeah, where they do the bank statement through. I think that was a purpose purposeful nod. But uh, 
Charlotte, I like the finish where Charlotte says, this is your last chance. And he says, happy Mother's Day. Freaking savage as hell. As she's holding oh the chair. God. Yeah. I was like, damn, I, I didn't think they would go that far. I think it was a definitely uh, um, creative finish because I didn't see it coming. Like, I didn't know. Like, I thought they were going to either push – Ronda was going to push the chair out of the way or something, but – Seeing her grab her arms through it, I thought was a really cool idea. Yeah, and I like the finish, and it gives Ronda the win, wins the title. But I, I thought this was another really good match on this show. There's only two matches that weren't great on this show, good to great. And uh, this was certainly not one of them. This was a very, very good, solid SmackDown Women's Championship match. It gets the title off of Charlotte, and I think Charlotte's going to be gone for a while because they were playing up a storyline injury to her arm. Afterwards, oh, yeah, they and cut it, to Kayla Braxton backstage. And who was it? Was it McAfee who gave us the anatomy lesson on commentary? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll say this. Cole, him and Cole are really good together. They're like perfect uh, foils. Not as good as Taz and Michael Cole were, but pretty dang close. Because Cole, Cole doesn't – Taz brings the technical side of wrestling in. Cole just brings personality out. I mean, not Cole, but right. McAfee just brings personality out. They're two different color commentators. I was going to say the only part of the match that I thought was kind of silly was when Ronda was dual-wielding the kendo sticks. Yes. All she had to do was do a different pose, and it would have been cool. But no, she had to stand up there like a Jedi. And even Pat McAfee was talking about how May the Fourth be with you. That was the only part that I thought was a little funny. But other than that, great match. I mean, that didn't even affect the match. It was just something that I just noted. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I thought this was very enjoyable. And uh, the next match wasn't very enjoyable to me because it was Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. And so if you know the story, Madcap Moss turned babyface after WrestleMania on Corbin. And there's not much to say about this match other than it happened. And Madcap Moss won with a sunset flip. This was the match where I started making dinner and just had it on in the background. I did not care one bit for this match at all. I have not I have this not cared. I have not cared about a Baron Corbin match probably. Hardly ever. Not since his, uh, I guess, maybe you could call it a push way back in 2016, 17. Yeah, when he had the... Uh, or 17, 18 the, or whatever. Did he have... He won the championship during that run? No, he, no? Won, he only won Money in the Bank and then he lost it to Jinder Mahal. Right. Jinder right, Mahal, yeah. he cashed, went to cash it in and Jinder Mahal rolled him up. That's right. Because Cena caused him to lose it, lose it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the last time I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I think I, I, I think we disagreed on this before, but I think that version of uh, Baron Corbin was the best. Uh, I don't know. His first persona as the Lone Wolf was perfectly fine for me. After that, I didn't like Constable Corbin. I didn't like anybody. I didn't find any of his characters remotely interesting. It was go away heat on my television. And that made Raw, that made Raw really hard to watch. Because yeah, he was, on, he was say, constantly on TV. 
was especially during the constable run, wasn't it? Where yes. he was always in. Yeah. Well, he had that put main event push for a short time with uh, Seth Rollins, where he had like three straight pay-per-view matches for the universal title and lost all of them. His most memorable thing he's done is hit the end of days on Becky Lynch. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I could have said more about the match too, but like I said, I, I watched it while, you know, I was making dinner, uh, doing the dish and everything, but it, there just wasn't anything of note to me. He did that dumb freaking under the post spot twice during the match. I, I, I've never liked that spot. Never will. Cause I think it's absolutely stupid where the guy takes two hours to turn around after Corbin goes underneath the ring, goes underneath the ropes, goes around the post. It's like, it takes way too long just to get to that point. And it's not really believable in my opinion, but that's just me. And I'm not a Baron Corbin fan. So that's, that's just, that, that, that says enough probably. Yeah. But up next is the main event. No titles on the line, just a six man tag team match with RK bro and Drew McIntyre teaming up to take on the bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Roman Reigns, the double champ, the WWE Universal Champion and the WWE Champion, and the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I almost said the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champions <laughs> for some reason. But uh, I thought this match, it took a while. It took a bit to get really going. Once the hot tag started kicking in, it was really when it started getting good. And there was no order for quite a while, though. I always love it on matches like these where it's the ref's job to, you know, maintain order, you know, keep the match organized. But then, yeah, when chaos ensues, you see the refs like looking around like, I don't know what to do. But, yeah, once that happened, that's when the, I really started paying attention to the match. Because Riddle, there was a long heat segment on Riddle for, for the uh, with the bloodline that had the when the bloodline had the advantage, and then once uh, I think McIntyre got the hot tag, he had a really he had a pretty darn good hot tag too. Uh, he caught Reigns with a claymore as uh, Reigns was bragging to Orton at one point. Oh, um, that was clean. But but I, McIntyre, while McIntyre's hot tag was good, Randy Orton's hot tag was that much better. Do you? I was thinking about this as I, as you know, they're doing their entrances, especially RK Bro. It's like, do you think Randy could ever be a heel again? I, it's hard. He's getting to that point, man. He's gotten that. He's been around twenty plus years. He's getting to that it's, point where it, he, if he's a heel or a babyface, it's going to be hard to even not hard to not like him. Right? He, he literally he set the fiend on fire. Because I was just thinking about that during RK Bro's entrance. Like Randy was there posturing, and the crowd loved it. Like they were loving him, and especially now with because his what twenty plus year anniversary was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's at the point in his career where you know he's still doing his thing, but he there's no way you're gonna get the WWE universe to boo him. They'll get him to boo him, but they'll still be it'll be a mix more of a mixed reaction than anything. Right. Yeah, Orton's hot tag was fantastic. And then the RKO on Reigns was just chef's kiss on that RKO on Reigns. Big fear attempt. Still one of the best finishers in the WWE ever. Top three. 
that with Stone Cold Stunner probably are two of the top three. Yeah. What was your what? I tried making sense of it, but what was their idea behind having Rain so hesitant to get into the ring with McIntyre? I don't know, really. It was just him. It's like, I'll do it on my time. That's pretty much what he is because he thinks he's earned the right to just do whatever he wants, whatever he feels like. Um, I'm not really – at this point, I'm kind of over Reigns as champ. I, I'm kind of I don't really react to hardly anything that that group does. They're they're on a hot streak though. I'll say that. I just don't really care for the group all that much. I don't know why. It's just I think it's gotten stale. Because they've ran through everybody. They've ran through everybody. He's that's, doing. That's, he's... that's really that's pro- that's probably the reason why. Is they yeah. just ran through everybody, and I don't really have. It's like okay, so why should I care? When no one has a chance. Exactly. Because, I mean, now they have Cody, sure, but how long are we going to have to wait till they pull that trigger? Yeah, and then they're, apparently we'll talk about this once we get to the finish of the match, but uh, they, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, who? Who's there? Who's left? O- outside of the rock, who's left? Not a whole lot of people. For if we're not counting the Rock, if we're not counting Cody, Drew. Is that I guess Drew's it. Drew. Yeah, it have to be Drew. Because it's just getting to the point where I don't know where 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 what they they're just kind of I think they're kind of lost. Say so they don't know to pull the trigger on Drew. Like who knows how long we're gonna have to wait for them to pull the Cody pull the pull the trigger on Cody. It's just yeah they. They're just biding their time, maybe. I think they, they have had two and a half. They've had two years almost to do that, figure it out. I understand trying to build Reigns as this unstoppable mark monster, but in this day and age, it's kind of hard to keep a belt on a guy for two two plus years and keep it fresh. Yeah, with, how, with all the television time that's dedicated to, well, to a champ. It's almost the opposite problem that we had with Lesnar, now that I think about it. Lesnar not being on TV with the champ at all, now it's the exact opposite. And the funny thing is, Reigns won't be around as much because he just signed a new contract with less, fewer dates. Hmm. That was, I don't know who, I, and I heard that, I read that somewhere where Reigns was going to be, that was his new, he had his new contract had a lot fewer dates on it so but we'll see about that but uh then there was a hot tag by oh the the, randy hit another great rko after a super kick by uh jimmy uso he almost he practically no sold that i was surprised well it it looked like okay I'll, i'll explain it to you here in a second then we got the riddle hot tag after that riddles was the least easily the least exciting hot tag of the three And this match looked like an indie match, like an independent match or something you'd see on AEW Dynamite sometime where like they'd be hitting moves on each other back and forth, back and forth, not selling them totally. It kind of broke down to that aspect and that kind of broke down into that kind of match. Right, because the Usos hit... Complete anarchy. 
Yeah, because like one of the Usos hit Riddle with a uh, super kick, and then almost immediately Riddle returns with a flying knee. And like these are moves that normally put them down for a few minutes, but no, they're just trading them. Because it looked like they used an AEW formula there for a second. Yeah. Not, no, I don't think it's specifically AEW formula, but it's AEW uses that a bit in comparison. I didn't mind it, but I just like I noticed that, and this was like the most. This is almost like it seems. This is kind of weird. It didn't even feel like a WWE match. I would say to me the fact that it was because normally when it's a, I mean, I don't think I've. WWE does a whole lot of six-man tag matches to begin with. So seeing that was uh, a little different. And then even with the fact how, again, you talked about how quickly these guys were busting out moves. Yeah, that's not something you see in WWE a whole lot. Yeah, it it was interesting. Um, Riddle at the end hit a top rope RKO on Jay. And there was a blind tag. Uh, Reigns speared Riddle, gave Bloodline the W. And I'll, I'll say this, I'm not really a huge fan of the Bloodline winning here. I get there's the most dominant faction going in the company today. But at some point, you got to give somebody a chance. You got somebody has to they have to have some kind of chink in their armor. Maybe they're saving it? I mean, I don't know. But I, they'll say this: they protected McIntyre here. That's I'm perfectly okay with that. With yeah, I didn't think. I see. I knew McIntyre wasn't going to take the pin. I wasn't sure. So okay, so if McIntyre's not taking the pin, it had to obviously either be Randy or Riddle. I'm thinking it was. I'm leaning towards Riddle, and then yeah, that's what ended up happening. And uh, it's just it's just the end of the like I said this. The issue I have is no one's really built up anybody. They haven't been really building up anybody to even be a threat to the bloodline or reigns. And uh, so that's, that's an issue still going on. I thought it was a pretty darn good main event. Once the stuff started, once it started breaking down, that's where it got a lot of fun. So I got to see some vintage Orton. That's always fun. Kasha's hot tags are so good. (laughs) His power and, slams are so good as well. Well, his power slams are some of the best. Some of the best. But, uh, yeah, at the end of this, I, I just, like I said, we it's the same talk we've been having where the, it's, no one's really a threat to rain, to uh, Reigns. Apparently they're holding off on Reigns and McIntyre till a bigger show like SummerSlam. Which I, I gotta get, but I'm like, okay, who's gonna be? When's Cody gonna fit in this? Fit into this? Is he gonna win Money in the Bank? Is he going to? I don't know. We'll see what happens, but they gotta get the belt off him by next year's WrestleMania. It's gotta happen. Has to. Because it's like, okay, what? What's all this for? What? Who? So, what's the end game to this? I see that because they've built up Reigns to be the guy unstoppable. So do they, you know, use that to give someone the rub as Reigns takes a break, goes Hollywood, as some people are saying? Who knows? We'll see. But uh, I really thought this was a solid main event, though. Very good. Very fun. And overall, overall, 
I'll say this show surpassed my expectations by by a lot. I had no expectations. I had very low expectations. And I think that's what WWE does to trick everybody is they <laughs> have such bad builds that the only thing they can do is surpass expectations because they're so low. But I'll give them their flowers here. It was just a really fun show for being one of like a B show. I'd agree. This was a really good pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. Even the, the bad matches weren't bad. It's just matches I, you know, really didn't care too much about, but they still, they still went out there, did their thing. Gave me a chance to, you know, do the dishes, make dinner while I was watching it, but it was overall pretty good. Yeah. Surprisingly, surprisingly good. So yeah, that's our reaction to WrestleMania backlash. And uh, it was good show. And maybe next week we'll have a good show as well as we'll go over TNA sacrifice 2010 here on Sig Daddy's wrestling show. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out our AEW new Japan pro wrestling's forbidden door dream matches. We had a lot of fun doing those last week and uh, hope you give that a listen. So as we close this episode out, J.O., where can everyone find you? I am on Instagram and Twitter at JermanRodos, all lowercase. You can find Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestle. And you can also find the show on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And you can listen to the show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And when you do, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to leave the show a five-star review if you like it. Like RVD's going to hit that five-star frog splash next week on the show, leave Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show a five-star review. But once again, J.O., thank you for coming on the show. Had a lot of fun talking about WrestleMania Backlash with you. No problem, Sig Daddy. Always, always a pleasure. So until next time, this is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund alongside J.O. saying thank you for listening and so long, everybody. <laughs>